Rewind with Oshin Langan. Oh, what a It's a great cross in towards Aruna Kone. And the relentless copies hit Sunderland for six. Everton six, Sunderland two. Three at the back should have stopped at least two of the goals. Certainly the Lukaku goal and certainly the Kone goal. Because we should have had three protecting that goal and they only had one and two in there. But I can put as many at the back as you want if players don't look around and see where the, the attackers are. <laughs> you let them get between them like that. I mean, you know, I haven't seen that because I've been working on that since I've been here. But uh, with the injuries today, we haven't worked at it quite as much, so perhaps they forgot. Carter goes for the drop goal. What a kick! He did it against South Africa, and he's done it again in the final. Is this the greatest ever era, even for New Zealand? It's been a fairy tale finish, uh, an absolute dream come true this last 24 hours it's to win back-to-back World Cups and so I guess have the, the finish on what's been an amazing career. I'm just uh, so fortunate. Durkin kicks it and it's the last kick of the Dublin Senior Football Championship in 2015, a championship that has been won by Bally Bowden St. Endes. St. Vincent's have been wonderful champions, but their reign is over and Bally Bowden's time has come. They are Dublin champions for the first time since 2009. Bally Bowden set out, set out no. a mission this year to, to, win, this, uh, to win this title and uh, it, it was an achievable goal. Uh, it, it was hard work to get here but uh, no, we managed to get over the line and, and delighted for everyone involved. That's Bally Bowden and Dublin midfielder Michael Dara McCauley on their victory over St Vincent's in the Dublin Senior Football Final 2-8 to 10 points. The final score of that game coming up we'll have more from McCauley and Meathman and Bowden boss Andy McEntee as well as Vincent's boss Tommy Conroy on their magnificent run ending. We'll also talk with Kerry's Dara O'Connell who won the Dublin title with Kula in hurling that is. Oshin Goff captained the side. He talks about winning and his determination to play for Dublin again. They also look ahead to the game against Kulderi in the Leinster Club Championship next Sunday. Premier League and FAI Cup football shortly but first Paul O'Connell was in town today and I joined the press pack to ask if he thinks Ireland need to look at how they play given our exit from the World Cup. Uh, But first, I asked how his recovery from his hamstring injury is going and what the last couple of weeks have been like since he was stretchered off against France. I was operated on on the Thursday. I stayed with the squad obviously for the Argentina game. I was operated on on the Thursday um, um, and I basically, you know, I've just been on the flat of my back. Um, I got out of the hotel to go to the game, um, the Argentina game. Um, then we travelled home, and I've literally just been on the flat of my back for the last two weeks. I'm I'm pain free on the flat of my back. Uh, well, I, I I was pain free after about a week in the flat of my back. I'm pain free sitting down now for about four days. Um, um, the Munster lads took me out for lunch twice and Emily took me for a pizza once apart from that I haven't left the house this hasn't been my first time leaving the house so it's a frustrating time actually I was in, I was in with the physio in Munster it's, it's, it's a frustrating time um, I, I spoke to the physio in Toulon last week and he said it's an injury how he phrased it was you, you just have to do your time with it a lot of injuries um, you know, shoulder injury or, or even cruciate now you come out and you, there's a lot you can do straight away with this one you really have to put down a really tough six weeks where you just have to be very careful particularly first two weeks if you slip and you stretch the, 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 the hamstring you know you could be in trouble you can get it scanned but there's, there's so much damage there's so much bleeding in there that it's hard to tell if, if there's any you know even if I got scanned now it's hard to tell if it's 
it fits right around so um it's just a really difficult awkward injury and uh i've just been emily has been waiting on me hand and foot uh, since i got home which has been the good thing of it i suppose has it been tough in the sense that there's obviously a lot going through your mind you know you're saying you can't afford to slip literally because that could damage it also you're probably thinking about the world cup and the game against argentina and how things didn't go particularly well and Obviously, then you're, you're planning for a life in France. You've got, you've a lot going on. I do. I've a lot. I've a lot going on. But I mean, I, I've never struggled with injuries. I've had a lot of them in my career, and I've I've never really gotten down about them um, too much. You know, there's obviously a period of disappointment straight away, but it doesn't linger for long with me. The, the only thing about the, when I've been injured in the past, that you know, in the back of your head, there'll always be another day. You're getting, you're trying, you, you know, you start planning. Oh, I'll be back for the Six Nations, or I'll be back for the summer tour, or I'll be back for, um, you know, the autumn internationals. The killer of this one is, you know, there is no more of that, uh, unfortunately, and that's, that's the frustrating thing about it. I mean, um, you know, you really want to end on a high, and just to end. You know, probably the high for Ireland in the World Cup was the second half against France, and I didn't even get to play in that. Um, so that's been the frustrating and disappointing part of it. Everything else, I, you know, I think I'm taking in my stride, and I'm, I'm hoping to go in December to uh, over to Toulon. Um, I think I, you know, we have to pack up, like logistically, you know, we have to pack up our house, we have to get ready to move. I, I actually can't do anything, I can't tie my own shoelaces because that stretches the hamstring, you know, I can't pick Lola up off the floor or anything like that. So there's a lot of things I can't do that I actually need to, you know, I need to get off the crutches before we can really plan and, 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 and make the move over there. Ian Henderson said regards the game against Argentina, he said in an interview last week that they were dominated and physically kind of bullied early on. Mm. Were you surprised by that first of all? And second of all, the, your reaction to that loss, is it, something we need to look at systems-wise, or was it just a case that it was as simple as that we were missing really big players, they got a run maybe because of that, and it's, it's as simple as that, they're a good team we lost? I don't think that we were missing, missing really big players was the reason we lost. I mean, I think we one thing we have is, is a fantastic squad now. Um, I suppose that's the easy one to pick, but I do think they are physically bigger than us. I mean, I, I noticed that when I was down there two years ago, um, we got a flight with the Argentinians um, uh, onto the venue for the second test and I sat beside Lavanini who was 20 years of age at the time and uh, you know my legs aren't the biggest legs but we were tucked into a really small airplane beside each other and uh, you know he was a massive man um, and he was only 20 years of age at the time he, he's 22 now but um um, or 21 or 22 but uh, yeah I think they were a bigger side than us uh, certainly up front and uh, and they put us under a lot of pressure and we lost a lot of collisions you know uh, you know big part of our game is 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 being clever in how we take on those collisions but then you know making sure we do the right things to win them and uh, I don't think we did that in in, in the Argentina game and uh, um, you know the start was a big disappointment um, you know, it, it just gives you a big mountain to climb, I think. Uh, and I think we did incredibly well to get back. And unfortunately, then conceded a poor penalty when we were attacking just around there, 22. Um, and from there, we were we were really in trouble. Is it a situation, though, that 
it is just a loss, or do you think after this World Cup Ireland and maybe the Northern Hemisphere at large need to look at the style and everything we played because obviously it wasn't a great World Cup for the Six Nations. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think certainly there was four Southern Hemisphere team in the teams in the semi-finals, but from when I, you know, from when I grew up, we're definitely way more competitive with the Southern Hemisphere than than when I, you know, remember growing up. I mean. Um, and I do think there's an awful lot of really good things happening. Certainly, the way Irish rugby is ran, um, you know, the way we keep the majority of our players here, um, you know, when you when you look at it, whatever it is, 120 professional players here. There's maybe 20 foreign players. Um, you know, you're picking from 100 players. It's it's not a massive um, base to pick on from. So I do think we punch above our weight. Um, but I, you know, and I, and I go back to what I said about the, the shame of not making the semi-final or a final to actually change the way we we, 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 we we think about rugby in the country. I still think a kid growing up this morning, I don't think his main goal in life in, in Kilkenny is to, to, to play for Ireland in rugby. It'll be to win an All-Ireland and to, for Kilkenny. And, uh, and that's the way it is in a lot of counties in the country. And... Uh, I just think it's a shame we missed up. We we we, we kind of <coughs> let that shot go at maybe changing people's attitudes, like it has been happening. It's been happening all over the country towards rugby, but we could have taken a big step um, in this World Cup, and that's a shame. Does it kind of take the, the sheen off the last two Six Nations, the fact that we hadn't gone as far as we wanted to in a World Cup? I don't think so at all. I think the last two Six Nations have been incredible, and we haven't gone back to back in the Six Nations in. In, in whatever it is, 60 years, we've never, you know, so I think they're brilliant achievements. I think it created, uh, you know, a brilliant uh, appetite for rugby in the country. You know, if we'd followed it up, who knows, uh, who knows what could have happened. But I think we'll continue to improve, we'll continue to produce players. Uh, I thought the Munster Ulster game was one of the best provincial derbies I've seen in a long time. Um, I thought the skill level was excellent. There was mistakes made, but I thought some of the play was brilliant. Some of the offloading was excellent, and it just goes to show what we can do. So, um, yeah. That's Paul O'Connell speaking in Dublin today as Pinergy launched its latest innovations to help Irish electricity consumers manage and control their energy usage and costs. The Premier League and FAI Cup football now with Paddy Mulligan and Team 33 and off the balls Raf Diallo. Paddy, let's start with Liverpool, a 3-1 win over Chelsea. Uh, this is what Klopp had to say when he was asked if the Reds are now in the running for the league. Oh please, are you crazy? I, I, I was hoping that I don't understand the question. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> and he, he has the sense to recognise that also. But I've never seen a, a, a team so disorganised as Chelsea were last Saturday. <clears throat> Take nothing away from Liverpool um, in, in getting the win, but Chelsea made it very, very easy for them as, as I was watching it. And the amount of space that Benteke was allowed and Coutinho was allowed for her Coutinho's two goals was just quite embarrassing. I mean, you'd, for Coutinho's first goal, you had eight people behind the ball, yet nobody. Ramirez went and only half went. John Terry went, didn't know what he was doing. And, and uh, Coutinho, as he does best, uh, slots at home with a, with a magnificent strike with his left foot. And, and then the, the second goal, I mean, four defenders around Coutinho and still nobody got in a challenge. Now I, I would. It looked very much like like that the players were not <coughs> playing for Mourinho last Saturday. 
surely they should be playing for themselves they're professional they footballers there are certain things you should do you yeah. should close down <clears throat> attackers when they're in your area you should be able to clear a ball you should be able to do basics and you shouldn't mm. blame the manager for that we're hearing that one Chelsea first team player we don't know who told a reporter I'd rather lose than win for Jose at the moment yeah, well that, that, that's that, ridiculous that, that's absolutely dis- despicable that any player should be so as un- un- unprofessional as Chelsea were last, last Saturday irrespective of what gripe they have with the manager I mean, they should be way above that and they should be playing for, for, for themselves, for the club, for the fans for, and for their family and friends. But they, didn't, they decided that they wouldn't do that. That's, that's what it appeared to me. Now, maybe I'm very wrong, but that's what it appeared to me because nobody was getting in any tackles. Fabregas came on as a sub and may as well not have bothered coming on because he just went through the motions as he has been doing since last January. If we were to, if we were really critical of Fabregas, so that's that's a huge area of concern. Yeah. But the biggest concern is that if the players are not going to play for, for for Mourinho, it's time that that he has to go. It's as simple as that. Because or else ship the players out, one or the other. Yeah, I think it's. But you can't ship the players out, Mourinho, isn't it? You know, I think it's going to be Mourinho. Yeah. But you can't ship the players out. Now, also, this has all happened since um, I think that it goes back to the summer when he didn't get the money that he wanted from Abramovich, and then uh, um, Pedro was bought by Abramovich by all yeah. accounts yeah. and he thought uh, and it's not the first uh, time that's happened no Balak and yeah. Shevchenko you know that, yeah. that happened with him be, before so he, he would he would balk at that plus his despicable behaviour towards the medical team yeah. now we've talked a lot about absolute, we've spoken about that before yeah. but that, that was disgraceful and it's gotten worse yeah. since then and we're saying the same things about Chelsea week in, week out, and uh, we probably will be until Jose perhaps has moved on. A great There's manager, no but his time appears to be done. Yeah, Listen, let's talk about Liverpool, because we, we, yeah, we've Liverpool. talked about Chelsea in the last couple of weeks. Is the difference that they are working hard? It seems like a very simple thing to say, but I'll go back to the League Cup during the week as an example. Nathaniel Klein followed in and got a tap-in. Yes. Is that something that mightn't have happened a couple of weeks before under it, Brendan Rodgers? It most certainly wouldn't have happened for the simple reason that that, that, uh, that Liverpool were playing with no pace whatsoever uh, around the pitch uh, under on, on Rodgers. It had got to the stage where everything was, was uh, uh, Man United-like, uh, square and back, square and back, square and back. And and, and uh, Rodgers had, 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 lost, had, had lost his way. But I mean, Liverpool are not out, out of the woods yet, not by, not by a long shot. But there were signs over the past few weeks under, under Klopp that they are working harder both with the ball and off the ball. And that, that, that has made a huge difference. I mean, Coutinho got two goals when he hadn't been performing at all this season. Had performed quite, for quite some time. But he got two goals. His general play was an awful lot better. So I mean that that that's that's hope for, that's hope for the future, but it's it's still a long long way away. And also, uh, the signs of a good manager are when he when he when he inherits a team like like Klopp has inherited Liverpool, and he gets them to the play to near enough the best of their ability. And that's what he's going to have to do maybe till the end of the season because I can't see him getting anybody of any uh, of any substance in 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 the January uh, transfer window. So he's going to he 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 knows himself. That he's got limited players. He's going to talk up the players because that's his job as a manager. But he knows himself deep down that look, I've got I've got limited players here. I've got to get the very best out of, out of these players. And if he manages to do that, Liverpool will, will not be in a bad place probably. And uh, speaking of kind of Liverpool as well, I suppose going up front, uh, obviously he started with Firmino up front, which was a, probably slightly maybe to do with Benteke's fitness, but. I'm guessing Benteke must be the first in line now, even when Daniel Sturridge comes back. Oh, but there's, there's be no contest because Daniel Sturridge gets the hint that he might be playing in a game and he gets injured. So you'd be very concerned about Daniel, as I have been from the very time that he that he signed for Liverpool. So Benteke has got to be the, ma- the, the main man. You saw the effect he, he had on the team when, when he did come on, albeit that Chelsea didn't challenge. 
and, and that, 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 that that's, that's a huge black mark against the, the, the Chelsea team, uh, both both midfielders and, and, and defenders. Their attitude absolutely stank last Saturday. And, and when, you, when I saw Hazard being substituted and no eye contact with Mourinho, I said to myself, there's trouble definitely in that dressing room because the, the body language just said it all as far as I'm concerned. And uh, Costa, um, I think you may have seen the little incident where he kicked out as well. At oh yeah, like, and now I mean, he's been cleared. I mean, it's crazy yeah. stuff. That was that was a straight red card. Like like Lucas should should have should have got a second yellow for for the for the tackle on on, on Ramirez, and he he should have been off as well. But I mean that that doesn't happen. So that that's the infuriating part. But Mourinho can't keep on blaming referees, blaming the media, blaming everybody, bar himself. He's got to take a long, long, hard look at himself. Maybe he's. Just, Maybe he's decided that I'm fed up here and I want to get away from here yeah. and I've got something else in the pipeline. I've got Paris Saint-Germain or whoever are, are, are waiting in the wings and, and he's going to say, right, I'll pick up another another big fat check and, and move, which is which is very sad if that's the way that his thinking has gone because that that is you know, that, that is not the way that, that I was taught about about football, not, not by a long shot. And I think the way Scholes was taught about football, he wasn't too enamoured with, uh, with the way Man United are playing at the moment. Again, they didn't really come up with anything against Crystal Palace, but... I mean, Rooney again kind of looks off the pace, and it was just interesting to see Marshall playing a long or a great true ball into him when maybe it should be the other way around. Oh yeah, sure. there's no doubt about that. I mean, Van Hal has come out and said that he's not quite sure um, what, what what Martial's best position is, whether it's wide on the left or or or, or centre forward. There's only one position for Martial as far as I'm concerned, that's centre forward. Let Rooney play off him and go from there. Now Rooney has had a nightmare for three years. It's just that the nightmare is getting worse because United are playing so badly. But I had said three years ago that he should be sold because Man United have seen the best of Wayne Rooney. He's been playing in, in, in the Premier League for 14, 14 years now. So that's that's turning. And he, he's, Can and Van Gaal replace him though in the team or is he still the best to do what he's trying to do in that team? Yeah. If you follow my lead there. Yeah, he, he, he probably is the best of, of, of yeah. a very, very poor lot these days. So, so still worth his place in the so team? I think that he could do it a rest for two or three weeks, and see because I also think he's overweight. I don't think he, he's. I don't think he's looking after himself off the pitch. Now they play CSK. Yeah, they play CSKA Moscow at home in the Champions League uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, and um, they need a win there because they've had three nil all draws in a row. Yes, yeah, and 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 they're they're not even. I mean, they're not even getting shots on target. Yeah. Hardly. It's very, very, it's very few. I think they get the the last home game they didn't have one shot on target in the first half. Is that down to players or yeah. management? That's down, that's down to management. The way that he's getting his players to play. I mean, you're not going to score. You're not going to score goals if you're passing the ball uh, yeah. back and sideways. It's certainly cut across. Is it like Ireland own, under Trapattoni? He restricted them. It was like they were playing in a straitjacket. Is it like that? Uh, to a, to a great degree, it is. I think that what what Van Hal does is that he he he, he zones people off and, and says to them, "Don't leave that area." And that's wrong. You can't. You can't just do that. You know there has to be flexibility within your team at all times. That when when the opportunity uh, uh, arrives to go and attack, you must be you must be able to, to go and attack. When the opportunity arrives to go and defend, you must be able to defend. You have got to be a decision maker out there. See the problem with, with uh, I find also with, with mo- the modern day players, they're not prepared. Some of them to make a decision. That all oh, they'll be afraid of what the, what the manager says. The manager can can do nothing when you're on that pitch. 
is he just waiting for the right personnel to arrive? Vardy is being linked with him. Waiting. The Leicester striker has scored 11 goals. He's on a, a hot streak of form. Yeah. He's he's done really well for Leicester. Would he make any great difference to the style of play or is it just the manager is the manager and it doesn't matter who he brings in and how much he spends and he spent a lot al- already. This is how they will play. In my estimation, Vardy wouldn't get a kick of the ball at Man United because of the style of play that they're, that they're playing. It has to be a nightmare for the front men uh, playing at Man United because they're never... It's never they never look at the most, the defenders, midfielders, never look at the most progressive ball. The most progressive ball is to go and play to the front man. And it's never, ever played. So Rooney is making a run. Falcao, when he was there last year, was making a run. Ball wasn't coming. Then he had to readjust his vision, made a no- ball wasn't coming. So there's only so many runs that you can make. And then you, you, get, you get very, 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 very uh, fed up with it when that ball isn't coming to you. And, and that's what's happening when United and, and they're going just they're just going through the motion in the midfield they're passing the ball for the sake of passing the ball they're not causing the penetrating ball was the ball you were always taught to try and play and that, that hasn't been happening for Man United and quite a few other teams but certainly since we're talking about Man United it's certainly, uh, certainly for them and Van Hal is on a very very sticky wicket at this moment in time because the fans the Man United fans are used to a sort of a 4-4-2 system two wide men get down those flanks whip the crosses and get the ball fa- flying across the face of the goal with pace there's nothing it's all very 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 slow and methodical and they're absolutely going nowhere yeah it kind of goes back to um, something Cruyff used to say about Van Hal being a uh I suppose his total football style being quite mechanical but like when we're talking about something kind of being mechanical or set in stone when we look at the title race it must really be between kind of two teams now really Arsenal and Man City Yeah I happen to think you could, you could nearly extend it because you're, you're, right now you're probably hoping that Man City or, or Arsenal will go on and win the league and, and maybe Arsenal because they haven't won it for, uh, for so long and they do play a, a quite, quite a decent brand of football but then will, will the old Arsenal kick in in December, January and February and that's, that would be my concern. Uh, will, will the old Man City kick in where somebody might, might, might throw a wobbler? A company might throw a wobbler or, or, or yeah, yeah. The old might. Man City or the old, old Man City? No, the old Man They're City. essentially two different clubs oh, now, aren't they? they yeah, from what they used it, to be. Exactly. It's, it's, it's awful that, that when, they, when they won the league the, the year before last and all of a sudden now they, they, they go missing for a whole season. So you're hoping that, they, that neither Arsenal nor Man City uh, go missing and they, and they put it up to the rest of the team and say, right, you come along and challenge us. We're the leaders of the pack and we're going we're gonna to remain there till, ne- till next May. That's the challenge facing those two, those two clubs at this moment in time. I was I was very concerned about uh, Wenger uh, during the week against Sheffield Wednesday because I felt they should have been pushing on. He should have been playing a better team and and and, and pushing on and getting another victory under their belt and giving uh, great confidence. Now, fair enough, they, they they won well in Swansea on on Saturday, so he he got away with that. But by the same token, he picked up two very nasty injuries uh, to two of his two of his brighter players in in, in Walcott and and, and Oxley Chamberlain. So th- that that has to be an area of concern. But once you have the likes of Sanchez in your team, Cazorla in your team. Ozil is doing a little bit better but I, I want to see Ozil when the chips are really down and when, when, when Arsenal's backs are to the wall where would he be? Uh, but certainly Cazorla and, San- and Sanchez in particular uh, magnificent players Right, let's talk about the FAI Cup final that takes place this Sunday afternoon at the Aviva Cork City taking on Dundalk it has the potential 
to be a belter, doesn't it? And oh, Cork City will feel they owe Dundalk one. Oh, oh they, they, they would feel that they owe them quite a few because of last season they, they finished up as a bridesmaids as well and, and they don't want to be finishing second in Dundalk all of the time. And uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a, going to be a fabulous game. And I, I still fancy Dundalk to go ahead and, and, and take, care of, take care of Cork. You'd love to see Cork win it because they've been so close and have been the, the second best team in the country over the past few years and you'd love to see them get rewarded. But I'm not so sure that uh, Stephen Kenny and his, and, his, and his troops are prepared to allow sentiment to come into this game on Sunday. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be very thrilled to go and uh, uh, do the double. Yeah, and uh, kind of talking about sentiment and maybe trying to get things done as quickly as possible when you have the advantage, as Dundalk do at the moment. I mean, obviously there's interest in Richie Towell from Bristol Rover, Rovers, their manager was talking about it. But also you look at like where Sligo Rovers are, for example. They won the league three years ago now, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, and look where they are now. And they're not the only club that have kind of enjoyed success recently and then, you know, have kind of disappeared from the very top of the league. Yeah, then there's been huge changes in management down there as well. And, and and that it hasn't been very solid, unfortunately. It it looked as if they turned a corner, and, and that they had a, a a real good base there to to go and push on. But that that hasn't happened, and that's the sad part about Sligo Rovers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, they're they're still in the Premier in the Premier League, but you would like to you would have liked to see them be challenging for for uh, for the league title this year. I mean, challenging for challenging for the, to win an FAI Cup, but that did materialise. So they're going to have to, you know, they've got Mickey Adams in there now at the moment, and hopefully he's going to be there next season and then get some stability back into the club because they they had you know a, a few player managers and a, and a few caretaker managers there, and that's not that's not the way to go and 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 run the club. No matter how well they're running it off the pitch, you know, on on the pitch they've got to they've got to get that uh, the playing side of things sorted out for for next season and starting now have a no break just go and start now get it sorted out because the West needs a, a, a top class Sligo Rovers team there's no question about that Yeah well them and Galway have stayed up that's good for the West but look back to the uh, Cup Final Cork City against Dundalk what kind of game do you think it will be and who do you think will win give us a prediction I think it'll be a, a, a very open attacking game because I think that's the way that both teams like to play and, and uh, I fancy Dundalk to win it 2-1 probably OK Paddy Mulligan as always thanks for joining us on the Rewind Sorry John Caulfield Gaelic football now on the Rewind here on News Talk. The club championships hotting up in Ulster Cross McGlen overcame Cargan at the Athletic Grounds. After the game, John Brennan, the Cargan manager, said that one of his players says he was bitten. Now that's a charge that has been denied by the Cross McGlen management. Cross McGlen march on to the semi-final. As do Monaghan side Scotstown who beat Schlock Neil of Derry last year's All-Ireland finalists. A 115-15 points, the final score in uh, Clonus. Trillick of Tyrone beat Nave Connell of, of Donegal 2-9-1-11 while Kilku from Down overcame Kingsport, Kings Court of Cavan, 3.15 to 5 points. Quite the hammering there. In Munster, Clonmel Commercials uh, beat Newcastle West 12 points to 1.7. In Hurling, Wexford's Aulart the Balla overcame Clock Balacolla 3.8 to 13 points in the Leinster Club Championship first round. In the day's other game on Sunday, Westmeath of um, Westmeath Clan Kill overcame St Mullins 4.9 to 9 points. Well, St Vincent's were denied a third successive Dublin Senior Football Championship at Parnell Park on Sunday. They lost to Ballyboden St Enders on a scoreline of 2-8 to 10 points. After the game, I spoke with uh, Ballyboden manager Andy McEntee and midfielder Michael Dara McCauley. But first, here is a disappointed St Vincent's manager, Tommy Conroy. We missed, we missed a lot of chances in the first half. I think we needed a few scores to settle ourselves, but it uh, didn't happen. But I wouldn't take anything away from Ballyboden. They worked really hard and uh, I think you know they deserved it on the day. I wouldn't have any qualms about that. 
he had the chances in that first half he kicked I think seven wides and that maybe was the difference you could say in the end as well because they had such a lead built up it was almost impossible to claw it back in the second period uh, yeah we, we, we had a couple of uh, poor wides I would say that normally we, we would have got and I still think though even at you know with 10 minutes 5 minutes ago we still, we still had chances and just maybe you know one or two little passes didn't come off for us but so that's it and uh, we just have to pick ourselves up and get on with it but uh, again, Bally Bowden, no, I wouldn't begrudge them. They, they really played very well on the day. They really put pressure on you in the back line. Um, and you mentioned there in the second half you had chances. There was one or two miscues, one or two, I suppose, missed passes. And that, that cost you in the end. You lacked composure, which was surprising given the experience you have. Yeah, uh, you know, normally normally we're very good on the ball. As you say, maybe it's just one of those days where maybe we force things a little bit. Um, but I'd have to give credit to our lads. You know, we went in at half time. They sorted a lot of things out. And like they did, they pushed Ballyboden all the way, and you know we could have nipped it. But I think, look, ultimately, I think probably Ballyboden deserved it. So I'd have no issues with that. You know? People will say you have been a great team. I would say you are a great team. Mm. Did did it all kind of catch up with you today, though? You've been on the road for a long, long time, and you know it, that must be hard to manage. Yeah, it is hard to manage the season. It's you know it's a very, very long season, and the guys have been going now. It's actually four years now that that they're really going, and it is hard to keep that going, but. Um, again, I just think Ballyboden on the day, they were right, they were mentally right, and um, as I said, I wish them all the best now in the Leinster campaign. Thanks, Tommy, and hard luck today. All right. Thanks. Michael Darren McCauley, you've won all Ireland with Dublin, but how does it feel to win a second club title with Ballyboden St. Endes? Uh, it's special, it's special. Uh, it was, look, it was, it was a brilliant game of football. I think uh, yeah. the Ballyboden set out, set out no. with a mission this year to, to, win this, uh, to win this title, and uh, it, it was an achievable goal. Uh, it, it was hard work to get here, but uh, no, we managed to get over the line and, and delighted for everyone involved. How big an effect did that have, going the hard road, beating Kilmacud Crokes, beating Plunkett, beating Clontarf with 14 men last week after you had your misfortune just before halftime? 100%, 100% that helped us. I know people talk about the Mayo game, helping the Dublin team. 100%, the, the tough road that we took helped us helped us uh, no end this year. We had tough games against Crokes, against Plunkett and uh, another battle against Clontarf. And um, all, all that heart that we showed in the last 10 minutes of all those games really came through and really helped us in the final here today. Your game plan was executed perfectly. I mean, you had a wonderful start. Tell me about what that game plan was. Look, Vincent's are an awesome team. They, they, they don't do what they've done over the last few years without being one of the best teams in, in recent years. We knew we had to be on top for a game. We came out all guns blazing, but, but, but with a bit more control this time. Um, and look, I think all over the field, we, we were rootless, especially especially up front. Lads managed to take their scores, and I think that was probably the difference in the game. Vinny's had a few few chances, and they just weren't able to take it, but uh, we, we managed to get over the line. And you used the ball particularly well, especially in the second half. You weren't scoring, but you were using it well. Yeah, we held on to possession. Look, it's crucial. If you turn over the ball around the middle of the park, Vincent's will punish you. They have strong runners and they have super finishes up front. So we, we have to be very smart with the ball and in fairness, we managed to keep our turnovers down nice and low, yeah. They have a number of great players. Dermot Connolly is standout amongst them. How did you manage to keep him quiet? Was there a specific plan? Because, you know, look, he's a special standout player. No one would blame anyone for having a specific plan to deal with him. They, they, they have a few special players out there. Look, I think a few lads, I think Bob, Bob Twan is marking them today, had a super game on him. And um, it, look, everyone just kind of made the plan. But um, look, it, look, it was just one of those days. Look, Dermot, Dermot's a super player, always is. Um, but uh, Bob, Bob managed to, managed to do a nice job on him today. You've been fresh throughout this championship. Is that because maybe you didn't start it a little bit later due to injury this year? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm feeling fresh. Um, yeah, just I, I missed the league campaign, so it's been a yeah. slightly moved, moved down, down, downfield a little bit. And in terms of kind of where my body's at, but I'm feeling good. I'm uh, looking forward to the Leinster Championship. Yeah, and it's a quick turnaround. You'll be playing St. Pat's up in Drogheda next Sunday. 
Uh, well, there you go. First I heard of it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. <laughs> well, that tells me about it, your focus for this game. That's the first you've heard of it. Just before I let you go, Paul Durkin in goal, he aimed a number of kickouts towards you guys, and it was a successful strategy because yourself and Declan combined really well in the middle of the park. Yeah, look, it, it's brilliant having it, to have the likes of Paul Durkin involved with us. Is, is, he, he's a special player, and uh, it's, it, it, was, it was great to have him out here today. Um, and he's look, he's, he's so accurate with his passes. I, I, I can see how much, uh, how much Sunday Gall benefited from him over, over the years. But uh, look, he, he was a, he's a brilliant asset for us here today. Andy McIntyre, you've managed Ballyboden St Enders to a Dublin County title. How does that feel? Well, it sounds good. Uh, <laughs> it'll probably sink in a little bit later on. Ah, look at it, it it's great. Uh, no more than a lot of teams you set out at the start of the year and, and that's that's what you're aiming for. Uh, but we, we, we've come through the hard way and we had to play Kilmacud and we had to play Plunkett's and uh, Clontarf last week and uh, like none of, none of them were easy. And to play Vincent's in a county final and come out the right side of it is, is, uh, is a fair achievement for the lads. What were the key attributes that you wanted this team to have? What were the things that you wanted to impose on them? Well, the one thing we look for all year is character, uh, and that's, I suppose, everybody. You know, it's an overused word, but I mean, you know, with, with, with a couple of minutes to go, or maybe ten minutes to go against Kilmacud, we were two points down and, and we won by two. Same as against against. Why that mean, uh, <laughs> Same against uh, Plunkett's, we were three points down and we come back to finish strong, and uh, same against Clontarf. So the guys have showed a lot of bottle and they showed a lot of character and. They work hard. They work extremely hard. We mightn't be as gifted as, as, as some of the teams out there, but if you work hard enough, anything is possible. You do have a few standout individuals, though. Michael Darrow McCauley and Dickie O'Mahony pairing up really well in midfield. Stephen O'Connor wing back. I'm, I'm naming individuals when I, perhaps I shouldn't, but, but these guys really collectively played well. So how did you manage that? Well, I think everybody everybody knew their role, and everybody everybody you know uh, finished their role out pretty well. I mean, you had you know, I think it was important for us to have the matchups right out there, like say of, of young Shane Clayton, 19 year old, like he's Mark Bernard Brogan, he's Mark Mossy Quinn, and he's and he's and he's done a pretty good job. Uh, Bob Duane was 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 asked to follow Jim McConnelly, and you know, arguably the best player in the country, and uh, you know, he did his job. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, Mick, Mick, Mick was 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 fantastic when when it really mattered. Uh, Deck got into a bit of foul trouble, uh, and he was missed when he went off. So that's probably a sign of how well he was going. But I mean, Ryan Ryan Basquel had a hell of a game. Uh, it looks like he's gone off with a broken jaw. Uh, uh, Colin Keeney, Andy Kearns and the subs, you know, it's something that we've worked on the last while. We've had we've had four or five subs come in, uh, and they've they've done really really well. So. And guys kept their heads late in the game. When Vincent's were getting back into it, it was it was a four-point game in the end, and you didn't finish from the fifth, or you didn't score from the fifth minute onwards in the second half. Yeah, I wasn't overly happy about that. Maybe they were more comfortable doing it than I was. I I would like to have seen us push on a little bit more in the second half. I think we invited them on to us a bit, but you know, any team that's that's you know eight or nine points behind. Uh, are going to do that. They're going to they're going to throw caution to the wind. We had a couple of chances to break the momentum. Uh, one score would have probably done it and yeah. hit the post and maybe missed one that we shouldn't have uh, we shouldn't have missed. And you know, uh, teams coming at you like that, all you need is one score, and, and we didn't even get that score, which is disappointing, I suppose. And your great experience in goal, Paul Durkin. He has said himself that it's tough because he, he isn't able to commit as much as he would like to, but still he's done the job. Oh yeah, I mean he's a huge calming influence. Uh, you have a big giant of a man like that standing behind you. It just it just you know the goals look small, and his kickouts are fantastic. You know, and, and he does the right thing at the right time. You know, sometimes when you want to go short, he goes short, and when there's time to launch it long, he launch it long. So he, he's been he's been huge for us. Yeah. And it's a quick turnaround to St Pat's in Drogheda next Sunday. That'll be tough. 
oh, sure, look, they're all tough, but of course it will be. I mean, they'd be, they be, the people love the football and uh, they'll, they'll have a sure, they'll have a well, warm welcome for us. But I, I, I guess, you know, I've been saying to a few people, I mean, when Vincent's come out of Dublin, they set their sights very quickly on, 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 uh, on further afield. Uh, and that, I guess that's the challenge for us now. Michael Dara McCauley passed us. He was slagging you about being a Mead man. How is it being, or how is it being a Mead man, working and managing in Dublin? Well, I mean, I have, I've had to, uh, I've had to bite my tongue for quite a while now. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, look, at, uh, I couldn't ask any more of, of these yeah. bunch of fellas. They really, they really have committed. They've worked extremely hard. Uh, and uh, Meath or Cavan or uh, Mayo or whatever it doesn't seem to bother them uh, if I ask them to jump into the ditch they jump into the ditch So I, I guess as country lads we always like to think that we're more together in our GA clubs than Dublin clubs are are they like a, a Dublin club with a country attitude? Oh, well, there's a lot of a lot of country element out in Ballyboden a lot of people who come up I suppose when Ballyboden was being formed and you know uh, living on the outskirts of, of, of Dublin so there is there's definitely a country element to it but I mean I, I've been hugely impressed with Ballyboden as a club they, they have they have high standards uh, for the for the right things as well I mean they, they're not just they don't just go after glory they try and do the right things they have a really good underage structure and they have a really good hurling, hurling structure obviously as well which we were lucky that uh, we were able to cooperate they cooperated with us really well all year just before I let you go, as the lights are about to go out in Parnell Park, the lights are not going out yet on your year. Well, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, I'd like to think we'll, we're, we're going to push on. Uh, there's no point in coming this far. You don't. These things don't happen too often. You get one chance at a Leinster title, uh, and we'll try and switch our, our attention to that pretty much straight away. Andy, thank you and well done. No problem. Thanks, Susan. Ballyboden manager Andy McEntee and midfielder Michael Dara McCauley, along with St Vincent's manager Tommy Conroy, on their Dublin senior football final. A defeat to Ballyboden, who will go on to meet St. Patrick's of Louth next Sunday in Drogheda in the Leinster Club Championship. You are listening to the Rewind on News Talk in Hurling. Kula will play Cool Derry of Offaly next Sunday in the Leinster Club Championship following their victory over St. Jude's in Saturday's Dublin final. 3-14 to 13 points, the final score there. After the game, I caught up with uh, players Darrow O'Connell and Oshin Goff of Kula. But first, a disappointed Jude's manager, Sean Fallon. Keep in mind, they've never won the county title and this was their second loss in a county final in a row. It's first disappointing, you know, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to take now, you know, but isn't that sport? Congratulations to Cool, fine team, really, you know, really good team and best of luck to them, you know. He started well in the second half, but just couldn't keep it going. Yeah, we just seemed to fizzle out, which is a bit disappointing, you know, because in fairness to the lads, they haven't done that, you know, it's, they're, they're normal, they're, the guys that will die with their boots on, you know, but that didn't happen today, you know, there'll be days like that, you know what I mean, but it, it's, it's always disappointing when it happens on the biggest day, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously we paid the price for that on the scoreboard then in the finish you, know? you always need all 15 players on the pitch when you're playing a team like Kula tell me first what did you make of the sending off of Joey McManus and second what effect it had yeah I mean I, I suppose Joel will be a little bit disappointed you know I think dis- discipline was an important thing that we, we spoke about you know but that's not to be critical of Joe. he's been fantastic for us particularly in the semi-final you know probably a little moment that cost him maybe it was a little bit harsh I don't know you know there's sort of stuff there that you know anyway listen we, we, we've, we've no qualms about it or, or, or the result but I mean it, it certainly it had an impact we you know, we were up against it in the second half and that, that certainly didn't help our, our cause. Oshin Goff, Kula captain, congratulations on the club's first Dublin senior hurling title since 1994. Worth the wait? Absolutely. Uh, it's a great uh, achievement for us as a club. <laughs> great achievement for us as a club to get here and to d- deliver on the potential the last few years. Um, it's been a hard, long year and we've had some setbacks but we've pushed through and it's great to get a, 
a good tough game against St. Jude's and I want to commiserate uh, with St. Jude's they gave us an epic battle and they really stuck it up to us How tough was it to come back from that defeat in 2012 because you would have fancied your chances of getting back immediately it's taken a bit of time you've done it but it's been a long road Yeah absolutely like I think the last few years we've known the potential in this team and we would feel that we've probably left it behind us in the last number of years maybe unlucky with one or two decisions but it's just great now to finally get over that hurdle it seems like it's been there and we've always just fallen at the last hurdle so it's great to finally jump it and you were in midfield but today maybe you had to go back into defence because Paul Schutte was ruled out with that shoulder injury he was uh, your centre back all year but couldn't play today yeah no like Paul has been an immense player for us and he is one of the top defenders in Ireland there's no doubt about it but I think it's a measure of this team the strength and depth that we now have over the last, last few years we've had a lot of Dublin players underage and it's kind of culminated now in this year um, I don't know how many Dublin seniors we have at this stage and we have lads playing under 21 so there's good pedigree there we've won Leinster's we've won uh, colleges all Ireland there's a lot of pedigree in this team Yeah, you've played for Dublin yourself in the past is that a focus that you've brought to your club hurling you're not involved in Dublin at the moment but you still very much top are at the top of your game yeah, absolutely like I, I probably have had a, a bad few years I think uh, in the county but I know the player that I am and the potential that I have so it's great to get out there and give 110% for my club like I, I'd be looking to go back to county as soon as possible it's just a question of if I can get work commitments and things in order yeah. and then I'll go back well that's a conversation for another day but come here what about Matty Kenny your coach uh, Matty is sublime he is is excellent the man is fanatical like all he does is live and breed hurling and his commitment is unbelievable like he comes up three or four times a week from Galway and he stays the night in Everland but it, like he just eats sleeps and drinks hurling some celebrations in Dorky tonight ah, absolutely it's a long time coming <laughs> Oshin thanks and enjoy thank you very much Darrell O'Connell a Kerry man who has just won a Dublin senior hurling title tell me how that feels it's absolutely brilliant um, I suppose I never thought this day would come, certainly not winning a, a Dublin Senior Championship, but it's absolutely brilliant. Um, we're delighted to get over the line. Um, it's been a tough campaign. Bowden put it up to us in the semi-final, and Jude's really put it up to us again today. I don't think the scoreline reflects maybe the intensity, especially in that first 40, 45 minutes. And I think the goal is told in the second half. Data man sent off late in the game. Now, you were kind of pulling away and getting on top at that stage anyway, but... When that happened, you were to find the space, find the players in their 65 and find the scores to pull away. Yeah, I suppose it was kind of, we played them on the counter at that stage uh, when you were a man down. And I think uh, Cullen Cronin, David Tracy along the half forward line, they really took them on at every opportunity. And like you said, it opened up the space for, for the other lads coming through the half back line pouring forward. And I think that was the difference in the end, really. Um, but I think men sent off, it was late in the game. I think at that stage, we had built a good foundation and, and the lads had got a cup. Even though we hadn't started the second half well, I think... Uh, we came back into it. We had a, a kind of purple patch maybe 10 minutes after the after the throw in there in the second half and that kind of told in the end. Bit of a whirlwind year for you because you moved to Dublin or maybe you were living in Dublin anyway but you declared for Dublin and you played for Dublin and now you've won the county title. I mean, could you have predicted any of that before the start of the year? No, certainly not. Um, certainly not. I suppose I've been living in Dublin for the past four years. I had been training with Kula and... Uh, I suppose I had to make the decision, the, the travelling, and it was just too much of a, of a commitment really to be going up and down the country. I wasn't enjoying it. 
and I came in with the lads and at the beginning of the year I was my first I suppose the first aim was to gain the respect of the lads inside in that dressing room and uh, try to get a place on the cooler team and uh, I suppose from that it just kicked off really I, I like you said I couldn't have imagined that it would turn out like it is and this is the icing on the cake it doesn't get any better than this and it's another major honour because you had won a Christy Ring with Kerry I won a Christy Ring in 2011 I've absolutely I had brilliant years five brilliant years with the Kerry Hurlers um, they're a great bunch of lads um, I mean look so many of them wish me well um, this morning even text messages from home um, which I really really appreciate uh, the decision was always going to be difficult but uh, I suppose this makes it worthwhile and yeah. um, you just got to enjoy these moments because winning a county championship it doesn't matter what county it is it's always an achievement no matter what were you always going to have to win a county title to kind of vindicate it in your head a decision that anyone would understand and that no one no reasonable person would argue with but for you, did you have to do that or was playing with Dublin enough, getting on that Dublin team enough? I, no, I, I think at the beginning of the year, my aim was to, to win a county championship with Kula. Um, I think we met right back at the beginning of January and um, that was my sole aim was to win a county championship. When the call came from Jerry Cunningham, it's, 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 you can't turn down an opportunity like that. You know, Every player wants to play at the highest level and get as much as they can out of themselves while they're playing because, mm. as you know, careers can be very short. And um, that, was my, that was my aim at the beginning, to win a county championship with Kula. And uh, I'm just delighted to have achieved that goal today. It's an unusual club in a sense that it is, you know, like every other GAA club, but because there's so many lads from around the country and, you know, Kula... And, and Dalkey is very different to a lot of other GA areas. Yeah. There are points of difference. Can, can, can you explain those kind of points of difference or do you notice them as someone who's involved with it as a player who's from the country? I suppose, yeah, it's different because you have the numbers they have are, are incredible. Yeah. But I think there's a unity and there's a purpose in the club that I was, I was surprised with, to be honest, because you have the numbers but from underage always up to senior everyone seems to be pushing in the same direction you know and I think that's that's down to managers it's down to management working together the football side of the club the hurling side of the club and yes you are going to have lads coming in um, you've guys from Tipperary you've guys from Kilkenny um, I think you have six or seven of us on, on the panel from outside but I, I couldn't get over how accepting they were they were yeah. absolutely delighted to have us on board and yeah. they did everything they could for us and I hope we have repaid the club in, in, a, in a way today. I think it's fair to say you have because in a lot of clubs when country lads come in and they get on the team, fellas say off, they give the country lads the nod and there's a bit of bitterness. Yeah. Was that a divide that had to be addressed or was it just something that ambitious cooler lads said, you know what, if I'm good I'll get on? Certainly, I, I could not, uh, highly enough of them in that regard, they were, the minute we came in um, like that, of course you're going to have to prove yourself you're going to have to prove yourself that you're good enough but at the end of the day they didn't care where we were from the guy next to me sitting inside the dressing room didn't care where I was from if, if my goal and my focus was to win the county championship with Kula then I was on board and they were they were just delighted to have us and I, I mean I couldn't speak highly enough of the club highly enough of the lads inside in that dressing room they're an incredibly ambitious bunch of players and all their sole focus was to win the county championship and I'm just delighted to have played whatever little part I could in that and just before I let you go talk to me about Matty Kenny your coach this year your stick work today looked incredible you were calm under pressure does, does that all come from his guidance yeah it, 
100%. He is the driving force behind the team um, from day one. I mean, the commitment that man has to the cause um, is certainly something that I haven't seen before in a coach. I mean, he's he's 100% behind each player, but his coaching and the way he coaches is fantastic. And you could see it, like you said, you could see it today. Our stick work was very good, but I think our, our, at the end of the day, he has driven into us all year about work rate and just keep going 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And that's all we're looking at again today. And I think in the end, um, that's what told. But he's a fantastic manager, along with the boys around him, you know. Derek, Gareth Mahogat. Good morning, Thanks, A great day for Kula, who go on to meet Kulderi in the Leinster Club Championship. Well, that's it for the Rewind this week. Don't forget to join the lads on Off the Ball every night this week from 7 and on Saturday from 1 and Sunday from 12. Next Sunday, by the way, they've got exclusive live commentary of the Premier League North London derby between Arsenal and Spurs. They've also got the latest from the club championship games going on across the country and the FAI Ford Cup final between Cork City and Dundalk. We'll have reaction to all of that back here next Monday. Until then, goodbye and good luck. Rewind with Oisín Langan. Here's a great cross in towards Amruna Kone. And the relentless toppies hit Sunderland for six. Everton six, Sunderland two. Three at the back should have stopped at least two of the goals, certainly the Lukaku goal and certainly the Corne goal, because we should have had three protecting that goal and they only had one and two in there, but I can put as many at the back as you want if players don't look around and see where the, the attackers are. <laughs> you let them get between them like that. I mean, you know, I haven't seen that because I've been working on that since I've been here, but uh, with the injuries today, we haven't worked at it quite as much, so perhaps they forgot. Carter goes for the drop goal. What a kick! He did it against South Africa and he's done it again in the final. Is this the greatest ever era, even for New Zealand? It's been a fairy tale finish, uh, an absolute dream come true this last 24 hours. It's to win back to back World Cups and so I guess have the, the finish on what's been an amazing career. I'm just uh, so fortunate. Durkin kicks it and it's the last kick of the Dublin Senior Football Championship in 2015. A championship that has been won by Bally Bowden St. Endes. St. Vincent's have been wonderful champions, but their reign is over and Bally Bowden's time has come. They are Dublin champions for the first time since 2009. Bally Bowden set out, set out with a mission this year to, to, win, this, uh, to win this title and uh, it, it was an achievable goal. Uh, it, it was hard work to get here, but uh, no, we managed to get over the line and, and delighted for everyone involved.